illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! I am the man This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right back. Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me this week from sunny central Florida, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how is the weather in Florida? Florida post Hurricane Matthew. You know, Billy, it's really, really nice. Uh, I think we were probably in the 80s today. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know if everybody. I took a dying red eye here and left uh, Portland in the rain and the fog. And then I get off. I go to Chicago, get here. And the first thing I realize is I left my sunglasses in my truck because you don't need sunglasses at this point in Oregon. <laughs> so, so anyway, my first purchase at Disney World, pair of sunglasses. There you go. And an ice cream cone. Ah, there you go. We're nice. Nice, nice. <laughs> but having a fun time so far? Yeah, having a great time. We, we hit the Magic Kingdom for a little bit and then uh, ended the day with uh, just one ride over at Epcot. And now I'm sitting in my hotel room. Uh, at the All-Star Sports Resort that is overlooking the AstroTurf football field. Nice. And I'm talking to you on Skype. Kind of crazy, so how cool it? is this? Yeah. It really is. It really is. Oh. All so. right. Well, I just want to remind everyone. Oh, that... oh, oh, oh. I was going to say, hopefully no solar flares tonight. Oh, we'll wait and see. I want to remind everyone the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have a little bit of fun every week. So, Beach, we're going to get right into it tonight. This is show number 81 of illegal participation. Do you know that's season five, episode eight? Kind of crazy, wow. huh? Yeah, it's a lot. We- so we've been, doing this, we've been doing this for five years now? Yeah, this is our fifth year. Wow. Yep. Is, I think, yeah, it's sort of some kind of plaque on the wall or something for that. Yeah. So. 
I want to remind if we were the Ducks, we'd have some kind of like event. Yeah, I want to celebrate how awesome. Yeah. There you go. We'd have a new uniform. I want to remind <laughs> exactly. everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and go through the Google Play Music Store. And I just want to remind everyone if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, there's a couple ways: Heinrich Tailgater at gmail.com at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter, and also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. All right, Beach. First up, we've got a little bit of listener feedback tonight. Listener, Dude, I always enjoy the listener feedback. It's always it's always entertaining. Yes, just throw yes. people listen to us. So, uh, listener Mark, who emailed us last week, emailed us again this week. And he said this was from today's podcast, meaning last week's podcast, show number 80. He said, you guys put the ducks in your jackass of the week section. But seriously, that's about as redundant as saying duck fans are stupid. LOL, Mark. And he said, actually, he no longer lives in central Oregon. Like I said, he's now in Tigard. Oh, he's in my district. Mark, I need your support. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. And then uh, he emailed me about uh, something else, and uh, he emailed me back after I answered him, and he said, so this is another email from Mark. He said, okay, Bill, I guess the joke's on me. This was the first time I must have caught the very end of the podcast or the extra snip you put in. Usually when the ending theme music comes on, I tap the fast-forward button a few times, but this time I just let it run for some reason. I typically listen to every Beaver podcast I find, some interesting others and several political ones too. So that's why I'm usually tapping the fast forward button. So I can get to the next one. Now I'm embarrassed. LOL. Because of the well, little extra little chunk. I like to add at the end. What did you add last week? Oh, who knows? You'll be lucky if I don't, <laughs> uh, you know, Donald Trump your ass. Oh God. You and, know, and it'd be so easy too with the crap that I say. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, well, I guess... well, 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 I know, I know, I heard the feedback that we sang a song one time that you cut that in there. Oh yeah, I'm always so, cutting stuff. Man. Uh, God, yeah, God knows what song we sang, so I'm sure it had swear words in it. No, actually, it didn't. So actually, didn't. Um, um, Mark continues. He said, I... as, "As to the volume, yes, it was so much better. I'd hope it wasn't any big deal, and you guys fixed it nicely. Thanks." The Beaver Banter podcast is a bad one too for balance. But I'm sure part of it is that because Gina Mizell is just playing loud and Danny Moran is so more soft-spoken. I've made the same suggestion to them to no avail. I'm not sure she can talk without being a very loud person. Thanks, guys. Perhaps I'll wander over from out from our tailgater at Goss and say hi again this weekend. And before I vote for Beach again, too. So there you go. You, awesome. got, you, got, you got some support. So Yeah, well, and like I said, Mark, whatever you can do to get me some uh, some uh, other people out there, I, I, I need word of mouth. I'm going to start doing some advertising here probably – uh, once I get back from Florida, probably starting next week after the uh, Monday debate, or I guess forum that uh, in Washington County that I have with Suzanne. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to to doing. I've got fifteen hundred bucks left in my in my uh, war war. Uh, what do they call that? Your war chest. Yeah. So we'll see how many uh, see how many people I can get hit and touch and uh, convert to uh, believe in that we can make a change. There you so, go. Anyway, my little my little rant. Back to the Beaver podcast. Yeah. Now I'm hoping the uh, audio quality um, is okay. I I'm hearing a little bit of feedback on your end, just because mm-hmm. you're not on a microphone and you're on your phone there and things. So hopefully yeah. I'm able to clean this up when I edit. So, anyways, let's move on. Beach, you ready to do a little Beaver sports news? 
Yep. Are we talking about volleyball, Billy? Because you know how I feel about volleyball. Actually, first up is volleyball. And as I say that, I look down at my phone and Kyle just emailed me and I am, or he texted me that he sent it, that he sent his email. And so I am texting him back, Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Yes, we are recording right now when you sent me that text. So how rude of Kyle. So anyways, well, we, we got, we got his, we got his picks now from when we get there. All righty. So first up, each you're all right. It's women's volleyball. Mary Kate Marshall finished with a match best 16 kills and Lanisha Reagan tallied her fifth double double of the season, but the Oregon state volleyball team lost in four sets to number 10 Washington state Friday night at Gill Coliseum. Then on Sunday afternoon, Lanisha Reagan led Oregon State with 17 kills, and Mary Kate Marshall tallied 14, but the Beavers were edged in four sets by number eight, Washington. The Beavers are now 8-9 overall, 1-5 in the Pac-12, and they stay at home next weekend when the Beavers welcome the Los Angeles schools to Gill Coliseum. OSU will host UCLA Friday night at 6 p.m., a match that will also air live on Pac-12 Oregon and Pac-12 Los Angeles. Hmm. Wow. There you go. Good good, uh, good reason to uh, head down to Gill and uh, catch out the uh, the ladies there. There you go. Uh, the night before the uh, football game at 1 o'clock on Saturday. So. All right, Beach, next up is women's soccer. The Oregon, State, <laughs> the Oregon State women's soccer team suffered a 1-0 loss from the foot of Utah Sunday night at Ute Field. Um, the Oregon State... Or excuse what, me, an that, orig- what, an, what an original name, Ute Field. Ute Field. And actually, that was Friday night. Then on Sunday night, the women lost 3 to nothing to Colorado afternoon, Sunday afternoon at Prentup Field. Hmm. So the women's soccer team is now 5-7-2 overall, 0-5 in the Pac-12, and we will return to Paul Lorenz Field next Friday and welcome Stanford for a 7 p.m. match. Okay. All right. Moving well, on. Hopefully the, ladies, hopefully the ladies can finally get a freaking Pac-12 win. I mean, they had a really good season last year, didn't they? Nah, not really. They had one, I think, a good one two years ago. Is that what I'm thinking? Well, you know, we've been we've been doing this for five years now, Billy. But but last year they did beat the Ducks, so it was a great season. It's always a great season when that happens. Okay, B. John, to men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team battled Cal to a 2-2 draw on Thursday at Lorenz Field in its Pac-12 conference home opener. It just makes me want to vomit. Okay. All right, go on. All right. Then the men's soccer team fell 1-0 to Stanford, Stanford in double overtime on Sunday. The Beavs are now 4-5-3 overall, 0-2-2 in the Pac-12, and they resume conference action at 4 p.m. Friday against Washington, also at Lorenz Field. That game will be televised by the Pac-12 Network. In football, we have the Kansas plan. And in soccer, we have the, uh, well, I'll do a Donald Trump. We just have the pussy plan is pretty much what we got there. So. <laughs> wow, Beach. Wow. <laughs> but see, you can say that on the radio when you're referring to, when you're not referring to Stop. genitalia. Okay. Did you okay. know that? You can say that no, on the I radio not. Well, if you're not if you're not referring to genitalia. Actually, okay. you can say it on TV too. So, so when when you're when you're using it as hey, a hey, uh, I don't want to have to edit out words. Okay. Thank you. All, All right, Beach. Right. Let's move on to women's swimming for listener Greg. Okay. The Oregon State swimming team fell to Cal in its home opener Friday night at the Osborne Aquatic Center, one sixty three to eighty eight. 
Now, freshman Felicia Anderson continues her success as she recorded a career high in the 100-yard backstroke with a time of 56.98 to place third. Senior Sazarina Ayletta picked up points for the Bees in the 100-yard breaststroke with a second-place finish. The Beavs will return to action this Friday as it hosts Stanford starting at 2 p.m. at the Osborne Aquatic Center. And Greg said, yeah, Cal pretty much dominated them. Are, are the girls just, uh, are we a fairly young team? Or I, I don't know. I'd have to ask Greg. We should probably ask Greg uh, that. Um, one yeah, thing, maybe, maybe we should bring him on for an interview. What, we, maybe we should. One thing I have to say is when you, you know, watching the uh, the Olympics, how many swimmers did you see from Cal and Stanford, USC, UCLA? There's a lot. A yeah. lot. So, anyways. All right, Beach. Uh, we've got a little women's basketball news this week. The Oregon State women's basketball team opened practice for the 2016-2017 season last Thursday, hungry to get back to work with some new faces on the floor. The Beavs welcomed a quartet of talented freshmen into their first official training session as Michaela Pivex, Janessa Thrope, Kate Tudor, and Maddie Washington all competed in their first practice with the program. Oregon State's returners are headlined by senior guard Sidney Weiss, a three-time All-Pac-12 first-team selection, who is looking to continue building on her already stellar career. She is joined in the backcourt by senior fellow Gabriella Hansen, one of the best defensive players in the Pac-12. Now, sophomores Katie McWilliams and Taylor Calmer head into their second season aiming to build on their promising debut campaigns. Now, McWilliams made 11 starts last season when Weiss missed time due to an injury, while Calmer posted a pair of double-digit scoring games. The Beavers open their season November 5th against Northwest Nazarene. Mm. Yep. And Beach. So we, got, we, got some, we got some stellar people coming back, and, and hopefully did any of the new people, do we know where their uh, names or where their, what schools are coming from? Are they local? Are they, are they national? I mean, where are they? Yeah, we could probably look more into that. I don't have that at my fingertips right now. Okay, maybe that's something we can review on next week. Okay, um, I mean they're gonna. It's gonna be a hard time because you got to replace uh, Ruth Hamblin and also uh, 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 Wisner, and that's oh, the, those yeah. are those are two two hard ones to replace. So it's not just plug plug people into those spots. So what what was the one that liked to walk around like a dinosaur all the time? Oh, that's 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 Weiss. She's still there. Okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah. She's a senior. That one still, crack, yeah, no, one still no, no. cracks me up. <laughs> All right, Beach, we also have a little bit of men's basketball news. The Oregon, okay. the Oregon State uh, head coach Wayne Tinkle had a message to his team before the first official practice last Monday. He said, this is day one of the journey. I want you guys to realize that this thing is a marathon, so let's stay patient with each other. Now, sophomore guard Trace Tinkle was back on the court for the first time since injury's foot during a practice in L.A. last season. And also, sophomore guard Tanner Sanders rejoined the team in August after playing baseball for the Beavs last season. Now, he was a walk-on two years ago when Tinkle held open tryouts to fill his roster. After Monday's practice, however, Tinkle announced Sanders was awarded a scholarship for the 2016-2017 season. Wow. So that's cool. Is he going to stay, play- he gonna stay playing baseball too? I'm not sure. But the kid, you know, he's from uh, – He's from Corvallis, and he was a hell of an athlete at CHS. So, mm. Only goes so to show. incredibly local boy. Yeah. Now, the Beavs open play Friday, November 4th against Corbin. 
Corbin University right. there out of, out of uh, Salem. Do they have a lot of high hopes for this team this year, or what's what's kind of their early thoughts on the team? Um, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, it's going to be tough because you lost a couple of uh, guys from last year, especially Gary, 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 Gary Payton. Payton and... Yep, yep, yep. So that one, that one's going to be tough, but uh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and did, see. Did, did, did Gary Payton get uh, drafted at all? Yeah. So who's he going to be playing for? Yeah, Damon Page. You do this all the but time. I, you know, if you well, if you I, paid attention I, to this crap. You know, I feel like I am the audience, though. I am the voice of this audience. Houston like, Rockets. People are like, okay, They're, they were saying the same thing I was saying. They're like, hmm, I wonder who Gary Payton is, is playing for. I was going to say the Houston Rockets, and then I didn't want to say the wrong thing, so I looked it up real quick. All right, Beach. Hey. Okay. Uh, yeah. Last last little bit here. Uh, we got a little bit of football news. The kickoff. For the next uh, away game, when the Beavers take on the Washington Huskies in Seattle, was announced today, and that will be 3:30 up there. All right. Okay. So. Okay. For those for those traveling to Seattle, 3:30. And Beach, I don't think we will be traveling to Seattle. I I'm thinking we'll let this one go this year. Uh, it's not that I don't want to go because I'd love to go, but I just need a Saturday where I don't go anyplace. I'm I, I need the same. I'm tired. Uh-huh. I'm tired. <laughs> I want to spend some time with my wife. I'll watch the game, sit in my chair, but I, I want to stay home. So, well, I, yeah, I had some friends we, going, you coming up? And I'm like, man, I'm just so damn beat. So, well, we, we've, uh, we've been up to Seattle quite a few times this year. Haven't we? Uh, huh. yes, we have a number. Yeah, yeah, I've been up yeah, there like four. Like the... I think I've been up there four or five times myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, <laughs> So, anyways, um, hey, hey, Beach. Yeah. Yes. Did Did you take your teletype with you? Son of a bitch! It was my freaking carry-on. They all looked at me funny and they made me go in and get groped because they thought it might have been a bomb. <laughs> Holy cow! Yes. So hold hold on here, Billy. Okay. Let me let me rip the let me let me rip this one off here. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sounds like a really small oh. piece of paper. <laughs> Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. University of Oregon trustees have emergency meetings Saturday night. Brought forth was a motion to ban corporal punishment on the U of O campus. The motion passed with unanimous consent. While too late to prevent Saturday night's spanking of the Ducks football team, it is hoped that it will prevent future embarrassing losses in all sports. Oh, as soon as you said corporal punishment, I knew where you were going. (laughs) 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 Oh, my voice hurts so bad. I'm I'm still a little hoarse from from our game last Saturday. Oh, Paige, I could hardly speak yesterday morning. It was brutal. Oh, Oh, that was... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so, there you go always a, oh. always a good update from Eugene it's amazing what this teletype prints out 
All right. So. All right. Well, after that, um, so that should we go on to our football? Is that what's I, next? I think we should go uh, under further review for week twelve, week six in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The touchdown. Okay. All right, Beach. So with that, that's the first game on the docket. Well, all the games were on Saturday, October eighth. First up, first up, Beads, we'll have a game near and dear to both of our hearts. Number five, Washington at Oregon. Now, Beads, do you remember who you took? I took Washington on this one. Okay. Be- got- because the only, uh, well, the Ducks, to quote, to quote you, they're just not very good this year. No, they're not. Um, all right. So heading into this week, I was at 33 out of 45. You and Kyle were ahead of me at with 34 out of 45. And did we have differences on this, this, this last week? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had, we had a number. We had a number of them. Okay. 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 So, um, so yes, you did take UW. I took UW and so did Kyle, which was obviously a good thing. Washington receiver Dante Pettis was succinct in his, his assessment of quarterback Jake Browning. Ridiculously good, Pettis said, after Browning threw for 304 yards and a school record six touchdowns in a 70-21 route of Oregon on Saturday. Now, the victory snapped the number 5 Huskies' 12-game losing streak to the Ducks and left Browning, who also ran for a pair of scores, wanting more. Now, running back Miles Gaskin ran for 197 yards and a TD for the undefeated Huskies, who have won nine straight games going back to last season. Pettis also caught eight passes for 134 yards and two touchdowns, while John Ross had nine catches for 94 yards and three scores. Now, Browning's eight touchdowns matched the Pac-12 single-game record, which was set by Kalen Ballage earlier this season from Arizona State. Now, Washington's 70 points were the most the team had scored since the 1944 season. Freshman Justin Herbert made his first college start at quarterback for the Ducks and threw for 179 yards and two TDs as the Ducks continued their dramatic slide with a fourth straight loss. Now, Oregon hadn't lost four straight since the 2006 season. The 70 points that Oregon allowed were the second most in school history, one shy of a 71-7 loss at Texas in 1941. So, Beej, we all, we all got the... We all got the win there. Okay. And unbelievable. I mean, they, 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 their defense evidently was pathetic. Their offense evidently couldn't do much either if all they could score was 21 points, which is really uncommon for the Duck offense. Yeah, well, that defense is also extremely good. That Washington defense is amazing. Mm. So, anyways, yeah, that was pretty much a beatdown um, in every sense of the word. You know, Washington scored their last time with almost 10 minutes left. I think they wow. uh, I think they kind of called off the dogs at that point. Literally the dogs. Yep. <laughs> All right, so I got the point there. <clears throat> but that was a very satisfying game to know what was going on. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, next up is uh, Washington State at Stanford. Beach, who did you take? 
Did I take Washington State on this one, or did I take Stanford? You took Stanford. Okay, I was a fool. I was an absolute fool. I I was drunk. You you know how I I get drunk on this kind of crap. Yep. And you just take advantage of me. Yeah. Do you know who Kyle? Do you know who Kyle took? Kyle probably took uh, Washington State. No, he did not. Oh, he took Stanford too. Yes, but do you know who I took? You took Washington State because. We took advantage. Both Kyle and I were heavy drinking the night before, and we weren't making good decisions. And and you took advantage of us. You freaking you you no good bastard. The Cougars followed a lopsided win over Oregon that was fueled by a dominant running attack, with a thorough beating of number fifteen Stanford, led by the play does, does, in the trenches. Does does this make you feel good now, Billy? Do you feel all better than us now? Pretty much. Now, quarterback Luke Falk threw for 357 yards and four TDs, and the defensive line shut down Christian McCaffrey and the Cardinal offense in a 42-16 victory on Saturday night. The Cougars held the Cardinal to just 296 yards of offense and didn't allow an offensive score until the final play of the game. The offensive line managed to protect Falk well enough to allow him to find his receivers downfield. Now, Falk connected with Tavares Martin Jr. twice in the first half and added a second-half TD passes to Marks and River Craycraft to help the Cougs follow up last week's 51-33 win over Oregon by ending an eight-game losing streak to Stanford. The Ducks and Cardinal have combined to win the past seven conference titles. And Washington so what, what State has been both. So what we're seeing here is at this point, and we're still early in the season, or at least, what, midway through, mm-hmm. but... What we're seeing here is the Apple Cup could really define who's going to the Pac-12 North. And the Civil War could define who's going into the toilet. Possibly. Yeah. Well, Beige, now making matters worse for the Cardinal was the fact that last year's Heisman runner-up winner, Christian McCaffrey, went to the locker room in the second half with an injury and didn't return to the game. Now McCaffrey came back to the headline to the sideline and had his helmet on, but he didn't re-enter the game. Hmm. But at that point, the game could have been too far out of reach, and they could have just been not trying to put him in any more harm's way. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, if he's hurt, Stanford's in trouble. So, anyways, I got the point on that one, and neither of you did. Next up, Beach was Colorado at USC. Do you remember who you took? I think I took USC on this one. No, you did not. I didn't. I thought Colorado would take it. You know, again, I was drunk. I can't even remember. I think I just go by the alphabet or something. I probably wrote Shambo. I don't even think. So. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just really think you take advantage of me totally. Yeah. Do you know who Kyle took? Kyle probably took uh, probably took uh, 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 Colorado as well. No, he did not. He took USC, and so did I. Now, Tyler Pettit caught his second touchdown pass with 8.28 to play on a drive extended by a heroic catch of a wobbly pass by Darius Rogers over a Colorado defensive back, and USC overcame four turnovers to beat number 21 Colorado 21-17 to on Saturday. Now, Daniel, I'm going to mess this guy's name up, Emator Behebihi, also caught a TD pass from Sam Darnold, who passed for 358 yards and three scores, along with two fumbles and an interception. Now, USC shredded one of the nation's top defenses for 513 
539 yards, but Colorado's takeaways kept an otherwise one-sided game close. Now, in the Buffalo's first game as a ranked team since November 7, 2005, receiver Bryce Bobo threw a 67-yard touchdown pass in the third quarter and caught a tying TD pass with 10-20 to play. So hmm. it's it's funny because uh, USC kind of dominated that game, but they kept turning the ball over, so it just didn't dominate it on the scoreboard. Gotcha, gotcha. Kinda funny. So Kyle and I both got the point on that one. You did not. All right, Beach. Up next, Arizona at number twenty-four, Utah. Um, I took Utah. Um, that is correct. Do you know who Kyle took? Oh, Kyle probably took Utah too. No, he did not. He took Arizona. And do you know who I took? You probably took Utah. Yes, I did. Utah's false start, Utah's eighth false start penalty of the first half brought out bruise from its homecoming crowd. Luckily for the Utes, a second half rally was enough to avoid spoiling the occasion. Now, quarterback Troy Williams ran for two touchdowns and threw another, helping number 24 Utah come back to beat Arizona 36-23 on Saturday night. Utah trailed 14-12 at halftime after committing 11 first-half penalties, including all those false starts. Arizona scored on the first snap of the game when Brandon Dawkins connected with with Shun Brown for a 75-yard TD pass, taking advantage of blown coverage that left Brown completely uncovered. Now, the Utes scored 26 straight points after falling behind 14-3. Williams got both of his running TDs in the second half and had 245 yards passing for the game. Armand Mm. Schein also ran for a TD in the third quarter, while the defense tightened up and forced two second-half turnovers and allowed just nine points. Schein finished with 101 yards on 19 carries. So, I think Utah's solid. I don't think they're phenomenal. Gotcha. But I think it's going to be an interesting game to see them play Colorado this year. I think that game might be in Colorado, too. So. You know, it's funny. These two teams that were outsiders in the Pac-12 just a few years ago, um, you know, it just tells you what competition does. I mean, it really has brought Colorado's game up. And, and Utah came in pretty strong anyway, but they yeah. really – they've just really become just a, another good team in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah and, truly. Uh, I mean, and, and Colorado, I mean, it's just amazing the turnaround that they've had. Mm-hmm. So I agree. From being a punching bag to, to being a team that you, you darn, you're darn scared of playing against, against mm-hmm. them. Not, not just we can't overlook them, but by God, we, 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 it's going to take some effort to win. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. All right. It's good to see. I love competition. Always brings out the best in everybody. You know, well, we'll go to that anyway. But I always find it amazing how competition can keep a game of even teams that aren't that close in terms of talent. But you bring your game up, and how often a, a team can tie into going to overtime. So that's my little segue there for coming up. But go on. Nice. So what's the next next the next game on the All right, Beach. Next up is UCLA at Arizona State. Ooh, I think I had some difficulty on this one, and I want to say, golly, I can't remember who I took because I I want to say I might have taken Arizona State because it was at home, but then Arizona State kind of sucks, so I probably took UCLA. Actually, all three of us took UCLA. 
Well, Zane Gonzalez kicked three field goals to become the NCAA's all-time leader, and Arizona State grinded out a 23-20 victory over UCLA Saturday night, despite losing backup quarterback Brady White to a right leg injury. Now, Gonzalez hit from 35, 23, and 46 yards to reach 89 career field goals, passing Florida State's Dustin Hopkins, who had 88 field goals from 2009 to 2012. Mm. Now, Arizona State needed all of those after struggling offensively in the first half and watching White limp off with a right leg injury in the fourth quarter. Now, making his first, first career start with Manny Wilkins out, White had some shaky moments, but led the Sun Devils on four scoring drives in the second half. He finished with 179 yards and a touchdown with an interception, but couldn't put any weight on his leg after being injured in the fourth quarter. Mm. Now, UCLA had four turnovers and missed on two scoring opportunities in the first half when J.J. Molson missed a pair of field goals. The worst news could come from the training table, as quarterback Josh Chosen-Rosen left in the first half with a right leg injury. But he returned in the third quarter to throw touchdown passes to Jordan Lasley and Nate Icy. But the sophomore was in, unable to come back after injuring his right shoulder on a hard hit in the fourth quarter. He did throw for oh, 400 man. yards on 24 or 43 passing with one interception. Wow. Yep. Yep, oh. yep, yep. So, just not good. He's there's. I tell you what, there's a number of those teams in the South that are just getting beat up. Um, Arizona's beat up. Arizona State's beat up. UCLA's beat up. All three of those are just beat beat the heck up right now. So, anyways, all right, Beach. Uh, okay. So we none of us got the point there, but. The last game of the week, Cal at Oregon State. I have to say, this is probably the game of the week anyway. With the way uh, the way it turned out, it was a it was a close one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so if, we all we we all took the Beavers on this one. I'm pretty positive since we are pretty consistent on on that one. Always take the Beavs. So Oregon State was feeling pretty good after Daryl Garrettson's 16-yard touchdown run in overtime. It ended OSU's 12-game Pac-12 losing streak and included several rushing marks that landed into Oregon State's record books. What was that? Oh, nothing, nothing. Now, Garrettson's game winner was practically a walk to the end zone during the final 10 yards, but the outset of the play was hair-raising. Garrettson bombled the center snap, which was actually kind of to his pretty far to his left, but he quickly recovered. Oh, cut very to his, far to his left. I mean, he he reached to keep, to keep that ball from from going beyond him. That's right. But he quickly recovered, uh, cut to his right, and sprinted into the end zone to put Cal away. Now it was fitting that Oregon State won the game on a running play because the Beavers ran over Cal most of the night. Now running back Ryan Nall ran for 220 yards and three TDs, but left the game early in the fourth quarter with a leg injury. Now, Garrettson rushed for 105 yards and two TDs and completed 13 of 24 passes for 85 yards. Now, Oregon State ran for 474 yards, a school record against a Pac-12 opponent. The Beavers had a season-high 559 yards, though it almost wasn't enough as they blew a 17-point fourth-quarter lead. Now, Cal quarterback Davis Webb threw for 113 yards, well under his season average of over 428 yards a game. Kalfani Muhammad ran for 165 yards in a TD, while Trey Rotson had 134, 134 yards and two touchdowns. But the poor run defense and lack of offense for much of the game 
which only had 183 yards through three quarters, left Coach Cal Sonny Dykes perplexed. He said, our guys fought hard in the second half, but it was too little too late. I told them, guys, I didn't think we deserved to win. We sleepwalked through the first half for sure. Now, Nall ripped off runs of 80 and 62 yards during the third quarter as Oregon State increased its lead to 34-17. to Artavis Pierce scored on a two-yard run that made it 41-24 with 10.35 left in the fourth quarter when things began to unravel. Cal trimmed the deficit to 41-38 with 2.41 left. And Matt Anderson's 29-yard field goal with five seconds remaining sent the game into OT. Now, OSU's defense forced a three and out by Callen OT, and Anderson kicked a 39-yard field goal to set the stage for Garrettson's game winner. So, Beach, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Yeah. Of course, stressful. The crowd was into it. You know, it was only the, the stadium was only, what, maybe half full or less? Um, they but... the, the, the crowd was announced at 34,000. Okay, okay, so not too bad. No. But... Uh, but damn, they were into that game. So, and I don't think any, I mean, nobody left early, that's for sure. But uh, when when they started eroding that lead, I'm thinking, God dang, this is just what happens to the beeves. It's just, it's the exact reason why we're all beavers is because crap goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I can't believe, I mean, I was so glad to be over with overtime in the, in the first uh, in the first round of Kansas plan. I mean, I don't think I could have taken a second or a third, that's for sure. No. So what a what a hell of a game though worth worth every penny. I agree. I agree. It was funny because uh, when it went to overtime, I turned and looked at Jess and said, "We get free football. This is football we didn't even have to pay for." Uh huh. She she wasn't that excited as I was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah your your uh, cost per minute goes down. Yeah. There you go. So. <laughs> but no, you know it's funny. I know a lot of people were getting um, upset with. Uh, the Beavs giving up some long running plays there in the fourth quarter. But, you know, what what it comes down to is Oregon State defensively decided they were not going to let Cal throw the ball down the field. They Cal didn't have a passing play, I think, longer than maybe 12 or 13 yards. Mm-hmm. And they only had 120 yards total through the air when they'd been, a, been averaging over almost 430 yards a game. And everyone knows Oregon State's, you know, defensive backs have been pretty susceptible. Last week, Colorado burned them long all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Oregon State ran a lot of two under um, defensive backs and really just said, you know what, we're not going to let you pass the ball on us. And it did leave them open up to a lot of those draws, which we saw up the middle. But, you know, they made Cal do something they weren't comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't it, – granted, it, it you know it almost cost them the game, but they still won. And I think that's yeah, the important yeah. thing. And it was good to well, see I'll them say, execute. And I have to say, the thing I was n- – what was that? Oh, I was just going to say, Null just played a great game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So – it's You know what's amazing is he is so big, and when he lowers his shoulder, run through people, but then he's got some freaking mm-hmm. speed when he gets out there. Oh, you know? he does. He does. I mean, he was running away at one point. He was running away from the two guys. Oh. And he was a hell of a lot bigger guy than the two guys chasing him. Oh, yeah. And I have to and, say. Uh, and they couldn't catch him. The thing that I was most impressed with, well, one of the things I was most impressed with, was the offensive line. 
and how they blocked. Best by far we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a lot. I saw a lot of pulling they were out making, there. They were making lanes. They were making holes. They were doing what they were supposed to they be were, doing. They were backside blocks. There were downfield blocks. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I no, was impressed I, as hell. I, I was right there with you. I was impressed as hell. And I was also impressed with the downfield blocks by the wide receivers, especially Seth uh, Collins on that 80-yard touchdown run by, by Nall came by and picked that guy off who was nipping at his heels. I don't know if you saw that, but mm. it was great. So, anyways, great, great effort by the Beavs. Love to see it. I want to see that kind of effort again this week. All right, Beach. so let's go to the Pac-12 in the polls, which is going to be a very short segment, Beach, because there's not many teams in the polls right now. <laughs> they beat each other up so bad nobody's at the top. Yep. So uh, in the AP poll, Beach, you got Washington staying strong at number five. Mm-hmm. You have Utah in at number 21. And you have Arizona State, Stanford, Colorado, Washington State, all in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today coaches poll, you have Washington, again, holding strong. Actually, they moved up a spot to number five. You have Utah in at number 21. Arizona State registers at number 24. And then you have USC, Stanford, Washington State, and Colorado all in the others receiving votes category. And they are all right beside themselves. USC had 13 points, Stanford 12, Washington State 8. I don't understand how Washington State is below Stanford at that point, but whatever. It's the new math. Yeah. But anyways, so that's where we rest, Beach. Okay. So great, great week of football, great week for the Beavs. Yep, so. yep. It was a perfect day on Saturday. Yes. Now, perfect day. Beach, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the week, the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. And every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this one, Beach, goes to that latter category, just being a fan. So, Beach, with the implosion that is happening... In Eugene, it was bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Someone has started a GoFundMe to buy out Mark Helfrich. Now, as fans of Oregon, this this is what the GoFundMe says, okay? The GoFundMe page says. As fans of Oregon, we all love our Ducks. We love them too much to allow a coach like Helfrich to ruin the program. The Ducks have the best facilities, the best gear, the best of everything. Now they need the best coach. Mark Helfrich is not the guy for the job. It's time to take action and make a statement for the Oregon AD. That statement, fire Helfrich. 100% of contributions will go towards the Oregon AD, but only on the condition it is used for Helfrich's buyout slash firing. So, Beach, as of Sunday, they had raised $285. So, quite frankly, I think the only way they're going to buy out Helfrich is if... uh, Uncle Phil steps up and pays that bounty. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, first of all, this is just, I, I hate when people do this. It's just, it's stupid. It's grandstanding. You're trying to look funny, but to uh, me, you, you just look like an idiot. Exactly. And I have to say, Beach, you know, he talks about Oregon having the best this, the best that. 
Well, they got the biggest cocks as fans. You forgot mm-hmm. to add that right. in there. And the other thing that all and you're not you're not talking you're not talking genitalia you're talking uh, non genitalia description there right exactly just jerks and and <laughs> good call beach and thank you the other thing that Oregon fans are loath to admit none of them will admit it but beach when did Oregon really start quote unquote getting good when they cheat well they had some good years you know. Early in the two mm-hmm. thousands, like Rich Brooks, the, those Rich Brooks. Well, years. that was that was that was nineties. Then Bolotti okay. got in there, but ninety nine they didn't have a bad season. Two thousand mm-hmm. they did pretty good. Two thousand one they did really good. When um, was Joey? Two thousand one. Two thousand two thousand one. Now, yeah. uh, you know, two thousand one people think they should have gone to the national championship game. Yeah, it was still a, uh, it was still a clip on Noah Happy. Hap- uh, still a clip on oh. Noah Happy, and they shouldn't have won the Civil War. But anyways. We'll, we'll let bygones be guy bygones. Um, but they had a couple years in there, like 2004. They didn't even go to a bowl game. You know, 2006, mm-hmm. 2007. They really kind of, quote, unquote, started getting good about 2009. That's when we had the Civil War for the Roses. That's when the whole LeGarrette Blunt issue happened. Uh-huh. And then 2010, 2011, they played for a couple national championships in there and that. But that whole, so really, if you look at it, they started getting good. We'll say 2009 ish 2010 okay. I, now, I will agree now beach that whole time that they were quote unquote good what was the one constant through that whole time it wasn't coaching right because they mm. they had left Bilotti. they had gotten chip kelly in 2009 they got mm-hmm. mark helfrich a few years ago so it hasn't been the same coach what is the one consistent thing that oregon's had that whole time um uh in trouble yep NCAA sanctions. So they were under sanctions when Bilotti was there for cheating. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly got them under even more sanctions for cheating. And that's when mm-hmm. they were good. Now I think the NCAA probably has a huge eye on them. So they can't cheat as much anymore, if at all. So I, I, I think, you know, it, the Ducks need to admit that. They won't, but they need to. Mm-hmm. You know, why was one of the reasons you were good? Because you were gaming the system and cheating. Anyways, I just wanted to give if, this one to the pathetic if, Duck fans if, this week. If it, if it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. I guess. I guess. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, the only reason why you're cheating is because you can't win on your own accord. So. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, to the pathetic Duck fan that started the GoFundMe page, and probably just can't admit to himself that the Duck are a bunch of cheaters. This jackass, this week's jackass of the ward. Is for you. I, I, and I do think that the current coach, um, I, I think he actually brings more class to, I know. The, to the Oregon uh, team than, than the last two coaches. Um, I, I, I think agree. he's a lot classier than Bilotti, and I think he's a lot classier than Chip Kelly. I agree. I completely um, agree. Yeah. So I, I'm like, you know, and, and you can say, well, yeah, he's got to win. And I mean, I kind of feel like uh, Mike Parker or uh, Riley, Mike Riley. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I was Riley the the best coach that Oregon State could have gotten. I don't know. It's hard to say. We're limited on budget, so you can only afford what you can afford, and. 
we didn't win as many games as I would like, but Riley was a class act. And everybody in the Pac-12 had respect for Riley, whether or not he won those games. Mm-hmm. And I... And, 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 you know, you want to win, but you also want to, you know, you want to stay classy, San Diego. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So. All righty. So, anyways, great jackass of the week award there. Jackass. Yeah. All right, Beach. It's now time for the musical interlude. And uh, this week is my choice. And we're going to cut right to the chase. And uh, we're going to play a little Motley Crue today. Okay. Now, this is off Motley Crue's self-titled album, the one album where Vince Neil was not the lead singer. But do you remember who it was? I always forget his name. John Karabi. As, does he do some other stuff? Has he sang for some other bands? Or yeah, or is, yeah. He, or is he, that... he, he was in another band before, uh, before Motley Crue. It's got a great voice. I like his voice in that stuff. It, I mean, it's it, a little it, edgy. It's a little different. But it, yeah, but that whole album was so much harder. Uh, not not that Molly Crew put out like bubblegum pop rock, but but uh, it just has a hell of a lot more dark and edge to it than than any of the other uh, Molly Crew songs that you're used to. Mm-hmm. So now um, he's been a lot of uh, he's been in a lot of different bands. Um, he was obviously he was in Motley Crew. He was in Brides of Destruction, which is a band with uh, Nick, uh, Nikki Six. Um, okay. He was in Angora. He was in The Scream. I think that's where most people know him from is The Scream. Um, he was in The Union and ESP, which are both uh, with former Kiss lead guitarist Bruce Kulick. Mm. He, was, he was in Rat as a guitarist. Um, he was in 24-7 with his uh, Rat Rat bandmate Bobby Boltzer. So he's been, in a, he's been in a lot of different bands. Okay. Yeah. So anyways... Um, all right, so which song are we picking today? Though? Well, Beach, um, there's a couple songs on there that I really like. I, I like Hooligans Holiday, which is great, but this is my more, this is my favorite song off the album. It's called Misunderstood. It tells a little bit of a story, and I, I just kind of uh, like it. Um, it starts out a little ballady, but gets kind of hard in the middle and ends kind of balladly. So, uh, Beach, here is Misunderstood from Motley Crue. Yeah. 
Love that song, Beach. It's good. It's it's a good one. You know, I don't know if they ever did a uh, a video for that one. Yes, there is, and it's a great. Video for Hooligans Holiday. Oh, yes. Oh, is it? The the, the Hooligans Holiday oh. video kind of calls back to uh, uh, Clockwork Orange, that movie by Stanley Kubrick. Okay. If you've ever seen that movie, you'll recognize some of the imagery from that. Um, have you ever seen that movie, Clockwork Orange? Um, I think I've seen parts of it, but not. Uh... Yeah. So you know how they wear the white things with the cod pieces and. They wear the top hats and they have the eye makeup on the one eye and carry the canes. You see some guys dressed up like that. I believe they're droogs. That's what they call them in the book. So anyways, but uh, yeah, they did do a a video for misunderstood. It's excellent. I suggest you watch it later. Okay. I will do that. Okay. Maybe when when I get back from Florida. All right. There you go. All right, Beach. uh, Let's keep it moving on here. We're going to go to our PAC 12 week seven preview. Now, Beach, I got the email from Kyle sitting here in front of me. All Mm -hmm. these games take place Saturday, October 15th. So, before we get into this, after last week's games, you and Kyle um, each had... I took a a nosedive. Well, you each had three out of of, uh, (laughs) six. I had five out of six. So, you and Kyle ended up with 37 out of 51. I jumped in the lead at 38 out of 51. So, Beach, first up. USC yes. at Arizona. Who you got? USC. You're taking you. You're just like boom. USC. Oh, yep. I'm, I'm... Okay. Kyle. Kyle emailed me and he said, uh, "By the way, I moved to Colorado in the spring of 2015. You keep uh, saying I'm still in Utah, but I got that corrected. My picks did not go well. Let's see if I can correct that too." So he said, first up, USC at Arizona. He said, "The men of Troy will take the win." Like it was the wife of Menelius. I can't say that word. He's taking USC. I, too, am taking USC because Arizona is beat the hell up. Okay, Beach. Next up, big rivalry game here. Stanford at Notre Dame. Hmm. I am... You know what? I really don't like Notre Dame's coach, so I'm going with Stanford, and that's just a gut instinct, but that's because I think their coach is, coach is a jerk. Kyle said, them Catholics are going to feel physically violated like no Catholic young man has ever been in the likes of a Cardinal. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's horrible. Stanford <sighs> wins. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> taking Stanford. I, too, am taking Stanford. And my question is, because Notre Dame right now is 2-4, and four. Do they fire Brian Kelly if he loses his game? Or do they wait till the end of the season? Because I think either way he's gone. Uh, <laughs> that's got to suck to know that the end is near. That's, Dude, that's, I'm getting – yeah. That's, that's my feeling. So we are all taking Stanford. Okay. Next up, Beach, Arizona State at Colorado. Colorado. Really? Yep. Okay. Kyle said, cold and elevation, Buffs win. I, too, am taking Colorado. I think Colorado's a better team at home I, than they are on the road. You, you, you're like, really? Like, I'm shocked you would take them. Oh, I'm taking them, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beach. Two more games here. It's Next. like it's like, it's, it's like if there was a donkey right next to you, you know, I'd have a hard time telling you apart. Okay? That, that's how bad. Pretty much. <laughs> Next up, Beach, UCLA at Washington State. 
Washington State. Sure. Yeah, the Cougs are going to take them down. It's they're they're playing up there. It's cold. The Cougs have an advantage. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Cougs. All right. Uh, Kyle says, "Did I say something about UCLA on the rise? Did I? Couldn't have been. Cougs win. And of course, I too am taking Washington State. <laughs> okay." All right, Beach. And the last game, Utah at Oregon State. We're going to be having Mormon funeral potatoes because there's going to be a Mormon funeral. Beavs win. Beavs win. All right. Now, Kyle said, first the Beavs got a few players playing. Then they were good for a quarter. Last game, they were good for a half and only really bad for one quarter. I think they pulled together for three quarters and only kind of bad for the other quarter. Never mind the Utes defense, Beavs win. So he's taking the Beavs. I, too, am taking the Beavs. Shock. 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 I think the Utes defense is pretty good, but I'm I'm really interested to see how this retooled offensive line plays against Utah. I they just seem to be gelling and I hope they can continue it. But we just felt, I think, I mean, we've played like Kyle was saying, we played more like a team this last week than we have. We had that one good quarter, but this last week we actually played well. Mm -hmm. So no, I, I think, uh, I think we, you know, I, I go in and people maybe think I'm nuts, but every game I go to, I always think the beef's got a shot. We're not, you know, this isn't going to be an ass kick and this will be a good game and we can win it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no matter who it is, I mean, any, any given Saturday, any team can win. I agree. I agree. So, but we'll wait right. and see. I, I've got, I've got uh, high hopes for the beefs. I, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. Okay. Beach, uh, since you started talking about it, yes, let's talk about the Utah game tailgater coming up. So, okay. so it is an early kickoff one o'clock. So we got to get things moving early in the morning. So mm-hmm. on the list, since it's uh, Utah, uh, we're going to kind of two big things on the menu. Uh, one is since Utah does have a lot of players of Polynesian descent, we're going to have Korean style flank and cut beef ribs. Okay. So now you've had these before, right? Yep. I have. Yeah. So, uh, instead of beef ribs being the long bone, these are cut across the bone. So you get a little bone in the center of the meat. Um, if anyone's ever been to, Local boys, it's similar to their beef ribs there. Okay. That's a flank and cut ribbon, and I'll I'll marinate it in Korean-style marinade, which is real simple, just some ginger, garlic, soy sauce, brown sugar. Delicious, though. Mm -hmm. So, And uh, the other thing that we're going to have is Mormon funeral potatoes. And everyone asks me, what the heck are Mormon funeral potatoes? So in the Mormon church, when a family has a relative pass away, the other members of the church bring food over for that family so they don't have to cook while they're mourning. Um, and the Mormon church actually has an official cookbook. And in it are some recipes that people can use to take stuff over, casseroles and that kind of thing. One other thing in the cookbook are these, you and I would call them cheesy potatoes. It's kind of a hash brown style yeah. potato with cheese and sour cream. And then they put corn chips on top or corn uh, flakes on flakes. top. Uh, when they're just before they're done baking and they're really, really good. Our mom makes something really similar on uh, 
Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanksgiving and Christmas, yeah. Otherwise, we'd weigh like 800 pounds. Um, exactly. And they're, and they're delicious. And it's funny because I asked a bunch of my Mormon friends, you know, what what should I do? They suggested Mormon funeral potatoes, or they, they call them funeral potatoes. And I said, can I call them that? And they're like, all Mormons call them funeral potatoes. So that's what we call them, just Mormon funeral potatoes. So those will be coming hot off the trailer. So, but we will be getting the food up and out and ready early, right? Yes. Yep. And so. and if you want to come early, we should have breakfast uh, breakfast burritos this week, right? Yes, I will try to get us some breakfast burritos. Uh, awesome, I love breakfast burritos. All right. Anything else you want to see at the Tailgater Beach? Um, I asked last week. I will ask you again this week. Cute little redhead, nice smile, cute butt. I'll see what I can do. They don't really sell those um, in cash um, and carry. They totally should because they would sell them all out. I would buy two. All right. Well, Beach, with you being on the road today, I will not put you on the spot for a Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. So uh, whatever whatever you've got. It we'll was hard just... enough dealing with this damn teletype, and I still got to take it back. I know. I'm surprised they let you carry that on. Yeah, it was, it was embarrassing. It was literally embarrassing. People pointing, looking, you know, making snide remarks. Yeah, I bet. Well, I want to thank everyone listening to show. I'm like, number... haven't you ever seen a teletype machine before, jackass? Probably not. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 81 of the little illegal participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator and also HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Google Play Music Store. Remember, leave a rating and review. You can also listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Beach, thanks for checking in from Florida. It's damn late there right now. It is late, and I have not really slept for like a day and a half because my flight left at like 11 o'clock. What was that, Sunday night? Mm-hmm. Is that right? And Pretty much. Then, then flew to Chicago and, and got here at around, in Florida time, about 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, so it's. I finally took a shower. I was stinking pretty bad. So now I'm ready to go to bed. You're going to go to bed, get up, and you got to go again to Disney World tomorrow. So it's all good. Yeah. All right. So. Well, thanks, Beach. Right. Next week will be right. show number 82. We'll have more uh, illegal participation goodness for you. And let's get a big win over Utah this week. You know, move up in the standings in the Pac 12 over Oregon. Leaves are 1-1. One one. Oregon is 0-3. Don't always have to be first. You just never want to be last. All right. Let's get a great big Go Beavs.
Hey, Beach, that was a good one. Okay, I was falling asleep through half of this. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm losing it. My eyes are closed, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm toasted. I'm gonna let you go, so. go to sleep. Okay, all right, have, have a good fun. one, Billy. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye. We actually have a pretty clean connection on this thing. Uh, yeah, you sound a little funky. There's just a lot of feedback on your side, but hopefully I can clean that up. Okay. Because I'm um, dirty. Uh, hold on, you hear me. How's your day today? I'm good. Oh, I'm trying to see if I can... Beauty and the Beast restaurant. Have you eaten there before? No. It's really cool. The The food's not that great. I mean, it's not like the end all in terms of the food. But uh, the atmosphere is very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, rode the Frozen ride. How was that? Uh, we ended Epcot. To, we, we just ran over to Epcot and rode it and called it a night because they closed the park at 9. Okay. Um, you know, it was, you know, it's the same layout pretty much as, uh, as the other one. Um, but they did a nice job and I'll tell you, the characters are really, really clear and smooth and, and there's some beautiful, you know, they're, they're animated so well. It's really impressive. Mm -hmm. So, so no, I totally enjoyed it. Okay. Need a slurper soda and we'll go. I'm I'm uh, I'm sitting in the All Star Sports. I'm looking out on the um, the yes. I'm I'm in the football section. Oh, nice. That's and, ap that's apropos. Yeah, and they remodeled it. D didn't they used to have X's and O's in the middle of the field? I thought so. Yeah, so now they're just printed on the carpeting. Took them out so they could actually run plays out there. I I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Welcome Let's to a what? So I was gonna say, where should we go for breakfast in the morning? Didn't know you were starting. Thanks for the heads up, jackass. Okay, sorry. Where should you go for breakfast in the morning? I don't know. There's not a lot of good places to eat. <laughs>